thing happened so fast that I just didn't even say anything. I didn't even, wasn't too sure I seen it. I just was hoping something would come out on the film, which it did. So it come in at uh, fantastic speed. You're listening to Gail E. Peck, a pilot, describing his sighting of a UFO or flying saucer. Call it what you may, the question remains, do they or don't they exist? One might imagine that in our so-called scientifically enlightened society, that the mere existence or non-existence of a material object could be easily resolved. But as of now, the resolution of the UFO question still seems as remote as a politician's promise for a tax cut. In fact, the whole question of UFOs has turned into a hotly debated potpourri of governmental denials, eyewitnesses' fervent eyes, plus the scientific cold shoulder. To all of this has added the not-so-savory flavor of frogs and psychopaths who have suddenly found a new way to gratify their needs. Out of this has come an aura of seemingly calculated confusion that quickly surrounds those looking for answers to the UFO. It's into this confusion that we have delved, and what we found may surprise and even shock you.
Just on. 
but you can't walk away. I make you think I'm delicious with the stuff that I say. I'm the best you can get. Have you guessed me yet? I'm the slime oozing out from your TV set. You will obey me while I lead you in the garbage that I feed you. Until the day that we don't need you, don't go for help, no one will heed you. Your mind is totally controlled, it has been stuffed into my mold, and you will do as you are told until the rights to you are sold. That's right, folks, don't touch that dial. Well, I am the slime from the video. Who's laying along on your living room floor? I am the slime from the video.
when the long night's over and the sun's coming up this world this world this crazy world i know it turns it turns and the long night's over and the sun's coming up
try to keep it level Don't go rocking with the times Hard and mighty first started making a scene, it didn't take long for a host of hucksters to discover that every time they claimed a saucer sighting, there were hundreds of people who were willing to listen and to pay. But it didn't stop there, for the profiteers found that the more occult and mysterious their stories, the more they could extract from their followers. So miracle of miracles, almost overnight dozens of cults have mushroomed from the soil of easy money, ignorance, and UFO sightings. The leaders of many of these groups claim to be contactees, now, contactee, as most UFO buffs will tell you, is someone that has actually contacted and communicated with the intelligences that man the outer space saucers. It should be mentioned that the majority of these contactees don't trifle at having just one contact with UFOs. Oh, no. This is a frightfully low score, as one self-claimed contactee now tells us. Why, well, I saw my first uh, flying saucer back in 1956 when it landed in the Santa Rosa Mountains there in California. Well, since that time, I think I've had over 55 sightings personally, but I can receive messages from them just about any time I want to. That is, if they're in the area at all. <laughs> Some people have all the luck. Then I've got a stiff neck, and the only thing I've been able to see is the Echo Satellite making its round. How do the self-avowed UFO contactees communicate with the masters of the saucers? Well, telepathically, of course. As a case in point, I talked to two women in their late 50s who had attended a UFO meeting that was sponsored by a man who represents himself as a telepathic contactee. Incidentally, about 65% of his following are elderly or middle-aged women. Both women expressed disappointment and outrage toward the contactee because his meeting turned out to be a religious cult gathering more than the meeting of people interested in getting facts on UFOs. 
but they said their real outrage came after the meeting, when he called all of the women visitors, or those who wished to go individually, to his back office to receive an esoteric message sent from a telepathic being hovering unseen in his spacecraft over the night-shrouded meeting hall. As one of the women described the experience. When I got back there, he told me to be seated. And when he sat down, he went into what I would call a trance. Uh, he got quite an unusual, well, he had an unusual appearance. It almost frightened me. Then he started scribbling something sporadically on a piece of paper. When he came out of this trance, he told me that he had received a message from a friend visiting from another galaxy. Don't worry. 
Physicists also tell us that the human brain emits an electrical current. They call it the Broly wave. So you say, all right, so there's a possibility that telepathy is real. That doesn't make telepathic communication with flying saucers real, does it? Or for that matter, it doesn't even make flying saucers real. You're right, it doesn't. But even the irredoubtable Air Force has publicly stated that they can't prove that UFOs don't exist. So... It's just another little day without rain You know I've seen so many come And they all look just exactly, just exactly the same
just another little death without rain. Well, you know I've, I've seen so many people come along, and they all look just exactly the same.
Were the beans on the craft little green men, robots, or something completely beyond our imagination? They looked almost the same as us. They were almost the same in physical features and height and build and everything. And I would certainly call them humans if, uh, if I had my choice between humans or angels or robots or whatever the case may be. They all appeared around 5'10 and about 150 pounds in weight. And they all had on the same kind of clothing, two-piece units, and uh, very beautiful clothing, and not tight-fitting and not uh, loose-fitting. It was just a very comfortable-looking clothing that would be ideal for something of this nature. And they all appeared, for some unknown reason, to be a very young, extremely young, the way we uh, picture uh, technicians and scientists or whatever we'd put in a position like this. I would say that none of them were over 25 years of age, the way we uh, classify our uh, lives here and uh, look at a person. Were there just men on the craft? Oh, no, there were eight men and one woman. The last question I asked Mr. Padrick was, did he feel comfortable on the spacecraft, as though the beings controlling it were a warm and friendly people? Well, I didn't at first, because I didn't know what I was up against, but I would say within 10 to 15 minutes after I got aboard the craft and saw I could see no armament or anything that would indicate hostilities, and he said they were not hostile, then I began to feel a lot better. And I am satisfied that they come here strictly on a friendly basis, and they have no no intentions whatever of ever uh, coming here with any hostilities in mind. He told me so, too, by the way. And thus, the amazing story of Mr. Sid Padrick ends on a comforting thought.